Hey guys, GBC Podcast number 42. I'm Courtney Weiss. I'm Shane Blankenship. You said something last week, Shane, when we were doing our podcast that was sort of convicting. I don't know if it's not, I don't know if it's convicting to me because I, I feel like I have pretty solid prayer life. Mm-hmm. But it made me think if Tony Evans, who we both love, mm-hmm. it's Priscilla Shire's dad, um, <laughs> if, if he can be convicted that he's spending too much time like in the knowing, like the facts and the mm-hmm. details about the Bible and God and not spending enough time like just in prayer, that we can too. Yeah, it's, I, it's definitely encouraging if you've got someone who, especially if you consider him a spiritual giant. Um, yeah. And even if he's not a spiritual giant to you, you right to, to to whoever's listening personally or maybe you don't even know who tony evans is that's fine he's still a spiritual giant in the evangelical world you know in the um in the in the you know the protestant and, and certainly the the baptist faith like he's a he is a spiritual giant um and um so so to know that the the people who have so much favor so much influence um speak these incredible words um you know have gotten to a place at some point and going, wait a minute, I, I need to be careful. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait a minute, I'm, I'm I'm getting excited about a good thing, but I'm losing sight of the main thing, of the real thing, of the only thing that matters. Um, so anyways, for, for me personally, I think it's encouraging, and it was certainly encouraging. I'm glad that he shared that story, and again, he shared it to um, to uh, Dallas Theological Seminary, which is where he went to seminary. Um, I think it's Dallas. Could be southwestern. They're both in Texas. Somewhere um, in Texas, for yeah. Sure. But I'm pretty sure it's Dallas, anyways. And um, and you know, he's speaking to a bunch of seminarians, and it just as a warning to them, you know, that hey, I, I even got to a place where I realized, man, I was growing and I was hungry for it, yeah. and I was getting after it, and I was learning so much. Um, and then just the spirit of God convicting him and saying, "But you're not knowing me. You're knowing all about me, but you're not knowing me." Well, let's can we just flesh it out yeah. for a second because I'm like. Well, what's a Bible study for then? Right. Maybe we don't need a Bible study. We're just, and you know me, I'm so black yeah, and white. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, we have to operate somewhere in between. But I know yours truly, I like to know things. Uh-huh. I love, uh-huh. you can quote scripture. I, I realize it's what you do. But I, I'd like to get to the point personally where I can quote scripture a little bit better than I currently do. And so like what better way? Sure, absolutely. No, I think you, you still have to spend time in the text and you need to do that. Like that needs to be a part of it. And part of... Part of reading the text and reading the Bible, so I don't, I don't know, you know, for for whoever's listening, I don't know like what you do in your in your personal um, devotion time. If you've got a personal devotion time, and hopefully you do, um, but you know, you can just read through the Word. Um, but there, but there's sometimes you need to stop and meditate on it, you know, and you need to stop and something stands out to you, you know, you, you go through the, you know, the Bible that I'm using, which is not the one I have in front of me right now, but the Bible that I use in my personal devotion time and I'll stop and I'll underline and I'm, you know, I may not get through, you know, four or five verses of a chapter, uh, because something just hit me and then I'll stop and pause on it. So I think you need to meditate on the word. I think you need to 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 know it, to to memorize it. Even um, it's in knowing it and having it in you. That way, it takes root. And that's the whole point. Um, that you can use it. That you can put it um, to work later on. So so yeah, you need that. You need Bible study and you need church. You need both of those things. Matter of fact, the author of Hebrews says, "Do not forsake the gathering together." That's why it's so important for people to get back in church right now. Um, if you're at home watching Amen. online or if you're watching service online every week, man, that's a great way to stay connected when you can't be there in person. But you ought to gather together. The church has gathered together through plagues, through wars, through world wars, through wars 
that, you know, not even in the, uh, the modern era where TVs were able to capture what happened, you know? So wars that happened before World War I, you know, tragedies that we have forgotten about that we never even knew about as Americans because America didn't exist yet. Through all of that, the church never stopped gathering together. I mean, even under persecution, the church never stopped gathering together. Right. Places like China, Iran, you know, you have what's known as the underground church because they can't gather together and they still get together. Um, so, you know, don't don't let the enemy keep you away from that. So all that to say, there's we are meant to gather together because we're meant to do this in community. Right. Um, part of Acts, when you look at Acts chapter 2, um, and you get this glimpse, this first glimpse of the early church, what they were doing, what they were like. It starts off and they were devoted. Mm-hmm. They were devoted to what? To the apostles' teaching. That's the very first thing. You can't devote yourself to a teaching, to an understanding, to a way, um, if you're not spending time with it. So you have to spend time with it. So I think there is that, that balance of knowing. But sometimes that comes at the cost or the expense, if we're not careful, of not spending time with our Heavenly Father. That we don't get alone with God. We don't talk to him. We don't sit still with him. We don't listen. Um, and the only way to know someone, because God's a person. His name is Jesus, right? The only way to get to know someone is to spend time with him. I know you a lot better than I did two years ago. Right. Because we spend a lot of Thursdays together for an hour and a half or whatever it is, talking about what we're going to do here and then recording. Talking you about know? what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, and it's been great, right? But mm-hmm. through that interaction, through that time, we've gotten to know each other. Right. Um, you don't get to know somebody that you don't spend time with. And so how do we come across and how do we get off thinking, well, that doesn't apply to God, but it does. Okay, I think my question for you and, and maybe for someone out there is like, okay, so you say meditate on a scripture. Mm-hmm. Pick one. You're in Hebrews, right? No, you're not. You're not Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> well, let's, let's pick yeah. apart Hebrews because it made me think of the scripture, which... It's maybe Hebrews 10 that says that, that let us uh, spur each other on towards love and good works. good works. And I think right after that or before that is where it says for us to get together. Yeah. Okay. Not great at memorizing, but I, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But let's say we're meditating there and there's a word in the, what am I in? The NIV mm-hmm. that I'm kind of like, oh, that's not sitting well with me. I don't really know. I'm just kind of. Yeah painting a picture about how I thought I was supposed to go around about it and maybe that's how you do Mm because I think you have like four or five different Bibles at any set point in time plus like the Greek translation somewhere (laughs) Um, so I mean is that what you mean by meditating you're you're like I'm going to check the NIV against the blah 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 no 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 no. I I mean um, I mean uh, meditate to apply consider to apply think about um, to apply so let's do it this way let me let me turn to Colossians chapter 4 just because something that is fresh for me from our Bible study last night and I'll do it with this okay. so as you can see here um, I've written all over I'm sorry because you're listening you can't see um, but I've written all over and underlined things and this was just in personal study time in preparation for Bible study right but I'm gonna use this because something also came out in Bible study last night that I just thought was like holy crap good like it was it was something that i didn't see something that joey davidson actually uh, pointed out um as we were working through this text but so paul says um paul says this uh, devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful and pray for us too that god may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of christ for which i am in chains pray that i may proclaim it clearly as i should 
Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So we're talking about this, and I'm pointing out what stood out to me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm pointing out to the fact that Paul is asking for prayer, not for, you know, to be relieved of his suffering or to, for freedom from his pr- imprisonment because he's literally in chains right now. But Paul is asking for prayer for an opportunity to share the message of Jesus again. Um, and not only that, but he, in verse 4, he said, Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should which I think is just incredible as well because here's a guy who wrote most of the New Testament who's worried about how he's going to say something. Mm-hmm. Um, and we cling to his words as, as the Holy Spirit has spoken through him. But I think that's the power of it. So what Joey said about verse 4, pray that I'm going to proclaim it clearly as I should. That I just, I mean, it rocked everybody in the room. I was like, oh my gosh, that's such good insight. Hadn't thought about it that way. He said from a leadership perspective, Joey and I are kind of leadership junkies. We're always sharing a leadership podcast or a book or something like that. Um, But he leads a very large company. Um, So we're always talking about that kind of stuff. He was in the military. I'm in the military still. Um, So we're we're talking about leadership. He said, from a leadership perspective, leaders usually have the advantage of knowing the people that they are leading. Or they have the advantage of knowing the culture of the people that they're leading. You know, Joey's company is huge. So he doesn't know every single person personally, right? But he knows the people who know the people. Um, And so he's speaking about this influence. He goes, and because of that, so the context, I had got all this going with, you talk to youth differently than you talk to the five-year-old. Yes. Right? You talk to adults differently than you talk to the youth Mm -hmm. Um, to some degree. Uh, there's, There's language that the youth have that some people are would have to tell me what that means because I don't know what the word means anymore. Or I don't know what the expression of the phrase means. Yeah, you know? like talking to teenagers, they might come out with some kind of new phrase and you're like, what? Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> right. oh, I thought it meant something else, uh-huh. you know. Um, thirsty, um, to me, means you need something to drink. But to the teenage culture, that's, I think She's that's thirsty. sexual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it's stuff like that. We may not um, have just used it right, by the way. <laughs> yeah, well, I may not have. I might have totally got that off. Um, uh, but I was talking about getting Marshall this Bible, the Action Bible. And it's basically like a comic, you know, mm-hmm. and it's got the scripture all through it, but everything's illustrated in comic. It's really awesome. He loves it. Yeah. You know? I was, you know, telling them about the questions he was asking, like, Daddy, who's this? Who's is naming a bad guy or a good guy? And I'm like, well, he turned out to be good. And, you know, we talk about the story of what happened there. So it's, it's been pretty cool. It's that communication piece, though, right? Paul says, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. He's like, but what he said, what's interesting is that from a leadership perspective, going back to that. I know how to talk to my people, if you will. Paul saying, God, I need your help because I'm talking to people I don't even know. I want to. I don't want to just share the message. I want to share it clearly so that they can receive it, they can yeah. get it, so that it will mean something to them. So, like we stopped and we spent, I don't know how long, I mean... A lot of our Bible started talking about this whole concept. That's meditating on it. Um, and then I went from there, and it still wasn't, it has still, it's still been in my head. It's still been in my heart. Um, proclaim it that I, or pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. So right now we've got 103, I think is what the number is, maybe 103 or maybe more people from Warren County Schools in our building, like mm-hmm. as we're recording this podcast. So you may hear some noise outside of our uh, my office here. Um, I was thinking about that when I woke up this morning. I sent a text message to the staff. I said, hey, guys, uh, just just a reminder for everybody, you know, Drake's Creek Middle School, Warren County Public Schools in our building today. Um, so, you know, let's be good hosts. 
we're we're letting them use it and they ask to use it yeah but let's let's host them good mm -hmm. uh let's serve them well if we can do something to make it make make something easier or make them more comfortable let's do that let's take let's as paul says be wise in the way you act toward outsiders make the most mm -hmm. of every opportunity i think there's a hundred people here who don't go to church here let's make the most of that yeah you know? okay so um when when you're meditating on a scripture you're letting it sink in mm -hmm. and thinking of all the ways that it could apply you could apply it yeah i think in a way i guess i've expressed this before at least in a message is you gotta you gotta let it get in you when, talk, yeah. when, we, when we did the grow series here last year i think or two years ago sometimes it runs together um part of that part of the aspect of, of what makes something grow is it's got to take root it's got to get down in you and it has to take root you don't get that from qu quickly reading through something you know you don't get that through, you know, letting it just, you know, go in one ear and out the other. You, you got to think through it. You got to contemplate it. You got to, you, you got to spend some time with it for it to do that. And I think that's that's what matters. It's it's not just what Jesus said. It's applying what he said. Right now, right now we're in the series called Practice, and Jesus' whole point is put these things into practice. Do this. Mm -hmm. Don't just hear it. Do it. Um, and sometimes. What we're hearing from Jesus requires our attention beyond just what we heard initially. It, like it requires us to spend some time with it and to think through it and to think about it, so that we can apply it to our life. And God, what's this mean for me? What are you What are you asking of me here? You know, how does What does this look like when I wake up in the morning? You know. So that's probably a good time. Like, let's just say you're on that particular scripture that you had um, in Colossians, mm -hmm. and maybe you write it down, and then that's a good time for you to continue to write down what you just said. You know, what does this mean for me? How can I apply it? How can I state this message clearly to these people? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so I, I'm just trying to take what you say and help our listeners apply it. Yeah. Because I guess maybe. I'm doing a little bit of what Tony Evans said not to do, although I think I, I'm still fine. I think <laughs> sure, I'm still yeah. operating in the, the gray area of okay. But, like, I'm a learner, but mm -hmm. I'm like this with everything. Mm -hmm. Like, you give me, like, World War II stuff, and I'm like, no, Shane, I read this book and this book. Like, yeah, I love to know yeah. things. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, so I, I guess I feel like that about a Bible study. Like, I'm a word person, as you know, and mm -hmm. as a lot of our listeners know, Shane and I both love, like, the English language, but I think you like it a little bit more than I do. But if there is a word that I don't really like, yeah. it's just not sitting well with me, I will go to another source, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, or maybe three or four, and I might call someone, I might text you and be like, was this what he means? And so is that the same thing, or am I trying to twist it? No, I think it's it's kind of the same thing. I mean, that's part of that study piece of it. And I think the knowing God piece of it, though, to you know, to 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 take what we are knowing, and what's that matter for knowing Him? You know, what we are learning, what we are understanding. I think that study piece. You know, we we grow in that, but the knowing God aspect of it, um, so that we don't lose sight of that, is. So, all right, so that stood out to me mm -hmm. for a reason. Mm -hmm. And actually, not just thinking about it, but praying about it and talking to God about it. Um, you know, and I'm, and I'm always a fan of doing that out loud. I mean, do it alone, but do it out loud. And Like, God, what did you want yeah, me God, to get I, from this? Gosh, um, thanks, you know, God, and, and repeat it back to it. And what's this mean for me? Here's what I think it means. And talk through it out loud to God. And if you know his voice... You may be surprised at what comes next, mm -hmm. you know, and his answering and his speaking and his prompting and his leading and his guiding in that because um, God will move on it. But we miss that if it's just a quick reading. 
We miss that if all we're trying to do is, all right, gosh, bang, I learned that. Now I'm going to learn the next thing. I'm going to learn the next thing. I'm going to learn the next thing. And we're speeding through something that maybe we just need to slow down and take some time with. Well, it's a really, it, this is interesting to me. And <laughs> I thank you for it because I am such a consumer. And aren't we all? Like, consumer, at least I'm consuming this and not something else, right? Yeah. But I, I appreciate that and and to quote your favorite verse of the but not your favorite you said it so it's the scariest scariest yeah ver- can you say it um yeah so it's from matthew chapter seven and i think this you know for a little setup here the um, there is always a balance in um in the scripture and in, in jesus call of knowing and doing right and most people swing hard one of two ways they swing hard on the doing side and they don't know uh-huh. they swing hard on the knowing side and they don't do um and it's a both and right um the knowing him should influence our doing for him if that's, that makes no, sense that's really good all right so matthew chapter seven and so i've since i was a junior high pastor i tell people all the time man this is the scariest verse in the whole bible for me you've said it several um, times yeah Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, this is the Sermon on the Mount, um, and Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does, so here's the doing part, who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Now watch this. Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. I mean, talk about study, right? Talk about contemplating. Only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. All right, so before I even read verse 22, that probably raises all kinds of great questions, right? All right, well, what's it look like to do his will? Right. Because I want to do his will if I'm, <laughs> I want to go to heaven. Yeah. So if the only people who are going to heaven who does the will of the Father, what's it look like to do his will? Verse 22, many will say to me on that day, Jesus says, on that day, you know, right? The, the judgment day, the if day. you will, on the day. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? All right, so prophesy is to preach. It's to declare the word. Declare what word came from God to, to people. That's prophesy. Did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons? I mean, when's the last time you drove out a demon from somebody? These people were doing it. Um, these people who were standing before him, apparently. Did we not drive out demons in your name and perform miracles? When's the last time you performed a miracle? And performed many miracles, actually, is how, what the text says. Never. And Jesus says in verse 23, and then I will tell them plainly, plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. I mean, this makes me want to throw up. Um, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. There's the there's a text I, I preach a lot to. That's what comes next. Who built his house on the rock. Jesus is saying, it's only the one who does the will. Mm-hmm. But the doing my will is not just doing stuff. The doing my will is not just telling people my word. The doing my will is not just, look, oh, calling out demons in my name and performing miracles. Away from me, you evildoers. I never knew you. What's the will of the Father in heaven? Is to know him. Mm-hmm. And it's from knowing him that flows the doing. It flow, you know, the knowing him changes our attitude, affects our attitude. It's, the, it's in the knowing him that influences what we do for him. These people were doing for him if you will, but they did not know him. Um, and they missed, they missed the mark. Well, I appreciate you being vulnerable and kind of telling us what that might sound like and look like in your, like, you're like, okay, God, like, how, how do I do this? And what am I supposed to do this? And then you sit with it. Um, I'm a writer, so I would probably journal it. And mm-hmm. now that you're yeah, telling absolutely. me to say it out loud though, like I, I know that there's a benefit to actually 
putting those words out there um, into the atmosphere, I, I do know there's a benefit for that. So thanks for the conviction, preacher. Yeah, but hold on. It's not just putting it out there in the atmosphere, and I'm, I'm sure that you probably didn't even mean that. But just for clarification, like, you're putting it out there to your Heavenly Father yeah. who's listening. Yeah. Okay. You know, to say it to, say it to him. To talk I mean, like should a, I go sit in the corner? No, no, not at all. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Because I also, I do think you should journal. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. If, if, you know, if you're listening and journaling is part of your spiritual discipline, journal all day long. You should do that. Mm-hmm. Don't stop doing that. But if you're not speaking to God out loud, speak to God out loud. Okay. Well, this, this is good. So speaking, okay, so then after you might read some, I'm talking about you yeah, personally, yeah. after you might read something like you did in mm-hmm. Colossians, and then you're like, oh my gosh. Well, and you actually were putting what we read in Hebrews to practice by taking it to your Bible study and saying, hey, what did you get? I got this. Mm-hmm. And then you have like 10 more notes on your Bible about what other people. So I guess yeah. that's exactly what the Bible said we were supposed to do is to spur each other on Iron towards love. And yeah. yeah. So, so I'm thinking, okay, so... Take, take what we've learned to our friends mm-hmm. that we can bounce ideas off of, so to speak. And then what? What else do you do? It would, as far as like... Your um, personal, like, st- studying, getting to know God relationship. Yeah, I don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if there's like a next step, if you will, on that. It's just, um, it becomes part of that time that I'm spending. So I, I guess, you know, just for clarification, uh, hopefully for people who are still, still with us and they still They are. I think um, you, this comes maybe second nature to you or you've been doing it for so long. But for someone like me that kind of needs a blueprint, I've said it before, I just need you to tell me what to do. <laughs> well, I even do this in a message, right? I'm like, hey, if you're still still listening, you know, if you're still yeah, paying yeah, yeah. attention in the, in the room. We're always paying um, attention right? to change. But, but we are also creatures that get distracted, you know? Yeah. Um, and um, so I, I guess one of the things that I that I want to to, to make sure that I'm being clear about with this and with study and with sp- you knowing God. just did God. it again. Something that you want to be clear about. This is exactly what Paul said. Yeah, tr- yeah, I mean, trying you to just did it again. It. Well, um, is it that, that study being an influence or being a part of that knowing God time. That's, that's kind of what I mean. Cause I don't think, I don't think that's the only way that you know, God, you know, sometimes I, I get up in the morning and I'm praying through the Lord's prayer in my own personal way. Um, and I haven't opened up the text and I'm not praying about a specific scripture. What I'm saying is, um, one of the ways that you can, can take knowing about him and make sure that you're, you're using that as you get to know him is, Man, when something stands out to you, when something speaks to you, when something hits you, um, for whatever reason, is that you take that to God and that you spend time with him on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I won't do that with every verse because not every verse will stand out to me sure. at any moment in time. Um, but sometimes God will point one, one, one part of a verse out and it will stand out and it will, you know, and, it, and then it will show up again and again and again. So, you know, to take it further for just a moment, um, where I'm at my personal devotion time is in 2 Corinthians. And in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 4, Paul talks about do not give up. Do not give up. He starts verse 1 with do not give up, and towards the end of it, he says it again. Um, Don't give up. Don't give up. Um, And what's his context? Don't give up. He's talking about making making the name known. I mean, because that's what Paul's always talking about. Making uh, making known the name of Jesus. Don't give up in this. Don't don't quit. Don't walk away from it. And he's talking about that. But at the same time, he's talking about, you know, still that whole that whole idea of making the most of every opportunity and and making sure um, that um, go to Second Corinthians chapter four. 
making sure that we're paying attention to um, those who don't belong, who don't know yet, um, and getting that, that word, that message out. Um, he says, uh, we, we, okay, so in the NIV, I was, uh, my personal study time is the Holman Christian Standard Bible, but in the N- NIV it says we don't lose heart instead of don't give up. Mm-hmm. Therefore, since, we, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Uh, that's, the, um, that's verse 1. And then later in verse 16, therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary afflictions or troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweigh them all. Hey, you see what's going on in my life, the circumstances, the uh, the war in Ukraine, the invasion. Man, these are light momentary afflictions. These are momentary troubles. They're not going to last. But what God is doing in that, in me, renewing me day by day, it outweighs all of that. So we fix our eyes on what is, uh, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Eyes up. Look to heaven. Look to God. Keep your eyes on him. We're going to fix our eyes for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. To me, like all of this works together and speaks to even Colossians chapter 4, where our focus is, where our heart is, what we're looking to. Um, Eyes up on him, um, focused on him, thinking about that this right now that we see with our eyes, it's all temporary, something greater, something bigger. Well, yeah, I just like circled that scripture particularly. I, I really liked it. Um, the renewing every day, like just mind blowing. <laughs> it just blows my mind every time I read something like that. Like your um, mercies are new every morning. That that that's one right. blows my that's mind. Right. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I, but look, we're gonna backtrack for one second, yep. and then we'll probably let you go. Um, I wrote down the word private because sometimes mm. like religion and being. Um, in relationship with God can seem like such a private thing. And so to share in a group like what you got from the word and or to share your thoughts and or to even say it out loud, even by yourself, is a little awkward. Yeah. It can be. Yeah, it can be. Absolutely. Um, I, I think that's the community aspect of it is so important. Yeah, like you have to just keep doing it. Well, there's something that I've said several times, you you know, at CrossFit. I'm like, you have to put yourself in a position to succeed. Like, Uh if you're scared to work out, you're just going to have to sign yourself up for class. You're going to have to call a friend and be like, if I don't show up at the gym, you drive over to my house. You know, put yourself in a position where people are going to miss you. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of feel that what I'm hearing from you is it's the same way with talking out loud to God and or sharing your thoughts in a big group. Yeah. You just have to keep doing it. Keep doing it. And then yeah. you might get really good at it. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, there's something to discipline, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the Bible speaks so much about discipline. And so sometimes it's a discipline thing. Sometimes it's a, it's a, <clears throat> sometimes it's a faithfulness thing, an obedience thing. Um, I, don't, I don't usually pick the topic, but maybe we can talk about this next time. Um, Write it down, sir. This is... Um, because I think this is this is awesome um, to think about, and I've just been thinking about it this week. Um, even though I've preached this passage before, consider consider what God does with Peter on on, on in any given moment. Um, Peter is so. Uh, I was thinking about the miraculous catch of fish um, when Jesus gets out on his boat. This is this is the details of Peter's calling. You know, so in some gospels, uh, you just read, you know, Jesus says, you know, um, follow me and they dropped their nets and they followed him. Um, but, um, but that's where we get a glimpse of the details of what was happening. And, you know, we we get this idea in our mind that Jesus is just walking along the shore and he sees the fishermen and it's like, Hey, come on, y'all follow me. And that's all there was to it. And they just 
you know, hey, we don't know this guy. All they say is Jesus. When we dropped our nets and followed him. No, no. We, we get some details um, in, a, in, a, in one of the gospels of what's happening. And, and that one, Jesus says, hey, Peter, can I use your boat? And he puts out to water and Jesus begins teaching um, from the boat, uses the boat as a platform. And I've talked about that aspect of it. And um, if you remember the story, they, he'd been fishing all night caught nothing. Mm-hmm. And so they were they were actually drying the nets and putting the nets up. And here comes Jesus, this carpenter by trade, if you will. Not even a says, fisherman. Like, Take me out on the water. Like and you know goes, more than we do, guy. That's right. Yeah. And what he had been doing all night, God didn't make them fish magically appear. He didn't put fish in the water. But he tells Peter, throw out your nets. And Peter's like, Lord, daytime is not the time to fish. It's nighttime is when you fish. And we've been out here, hadn't caught anything. So, you know, it's, it's done. It's no use in it. Peter put, put out your net, and he puts out his net, and he draws in so many fish that he can't even hold it, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, they had to call John. Another boat. Now we're bringing John in. Yeah. Um, and James to get over there to help haul this, this catch of fish in. So they've been out all night, caught nothing, and now they catch everything. It was not Peter's righteousness that God blessed him with this fish. Jesus didn't look at Peter and go, man, you are so righteous and so holy and you, you've been so good at living life. I'm just going to bless you right now. I'm going to give you all this fish. It was his obedience. Yeah. He threw that net in the water and God blessed his obedience, not his righteousness. Is your idea obedience? Yeah, I think oh, that God yeah. blesses obedience. He bl- he's going to bless our obedience. You know, sometimes I think we, we feel like we got to live a good life and if we're living the good life and if we're doing everything right um, and we get focused on trying to be perfect or present ourselves as perfect and that's what God blesses. But if you're a bad boy or a bad girl, God don't bless that. God punishes that. And God, we are not righteous, but he blesses obedience. So I know I took a long track there, but to, to bring it back around for a moment um, to, to what we were originally talking about, Sometimes we got to do it, mm-hmm. the discipline of doing it. Sometimes it's just a matter of, man, I don't, I don't want to preach this Sunday, but I know I'm called to it. So, God, I'm going to be obedient to you and stand up and preach. I'm just using that as an example. Right. I'm looking forward to preaching this Sunday. I want to <laughs> preach this Sunday. I'm just as an example. Right. But there are, some, there are moments where I don't, I just rather stay home. You know, or there are moments when I just, I'd rather not do this. But I know um, that I'm called to it. And I know that, that God is going to use it. So sometimes I just got to be faithful and obedient, mm-hmm. even though I don't feel. Well, it's like funny it. because we're in, again, I guess we're kind of taking a segue. So we really will let you go in a second, but we apply it to other aspects of our life. Like, you know, love is a choice, mm-hmm. uh, being fit or exercising our human body is also a choice. Yeah. You know, it's something that we just say, like, I don't really want to go to the gym today, but I'm going to go anyway, you know, eating a salad over a hamburger, same thing. So I think applying that sort of discipline to our spiritual life is one and the same, but maybe we just don't look at it the same. Yeah, we don't. We don't. We, 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 um, I think we're so good at compartmentalizing and we become that, that we compartmentalize everything. Well, and it's unseen too. You know, you get physical results from the things that I Mm -hmm. mentioned, but Mm -hmm. you may not see physical results for a while. So I think that's really what it is yeah okay well this is good i appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing some of how you might do your quiet time yeah i hope it was helpful yeah it was okay guys we'll see you next week thanks for listening bye